Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 34 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle. On today's show, we're going to be talking about how to sell art. I'm not joined by a guest, but I do feel as though for the past number of weeks, uh, I have been kind of slacking off, going light, super short podcast episode. So I thought, you know what, I'll fucking, I'll fucking try try put a bit more effort into an episode this week, even though I'm flying solo. Um, if you don't listen to the weekly report, on the weekly report I said, there's probably a couple more weeks of sort of like more downtime, like <laughs> less effort, less good content perhaps. I mean, I think this episode is going to be good, so don't get me wrong, but like I'm, I'm aiming to do a fucking big, big push and try to get some, some good guests lined up and, and have a big back half of the year. Um, and so I'm starting to plan that, starting to put wheels in motion, but there's going to be a few weeks before that's realized. So there may be maybe a few more short solo episodes between now and then, but fucking why not, you know, keep people updated, keep, keep churning out the content, practice building that consistency muscle, even if it's not the highest quality, but, uh, listen, it's all practice at the end of the day, isn't it? Just practicing in public as my pal Heather Torres told me, um, other than that, we'll get into the episode after I tell you to go to artbyangus.com. Even if you don't want to buy anything, just take a look at the paintings. Some of them are pretty. I wrote some funny descriptions of them. Um, it's just a great website. Great place to be. Great place to spend time. Uh, good vibes. Good art. What more could you want? Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Tell your friends about the podcast. Spread the word. Help us get more of the sweet, juicy downloads on the downloads chart. Um, and fucking let's get into it. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Okay, here we go. It's episode 34. Before we dive into how to sell art, fun fact about the number 34. <laughs> I used to be a degenerate at the game of roulette, particularly one summer when I was in London. I used to go to the casino at the Empire and play roulette. Um, and 34 was one of the, I think it was the first number that I really learned to love <laughs> that reason being I learned to love it because I think I won fucking cash from uh having money on it and you know as as roulette goes uh some solid odds to be found in roulette um fuck's sake I'm paranoid because the looks like the audio is recording super quiet let me pause and play it back to myself and see false alarm it's recording fine um, yeah, so if you're ever playing roulette, throw a cheeky 34 on there for me. And number 11, number 11 over 34, all day, every day. Said this on the Weekly Report podcast also, if you don't listen to it. Uh, I fucking hit my favorite number of followers I'm going to have for a long time on Instagram at 1111, because 11 is my favorite number. So next favorite is going to be... 111,111, which we will get to, but give it a few few weeks at least. <laughs> um, so, I've decided to, to try not just have a shambolic rambling episode, try actually put my mind to use and think of, of what I could do that might be of value to some people listening, and I thought something that I have had some success and I've learned some lessons around over the past year or just over a year is in how to sell art, how to price art, I guess. I think potentially I'm going to put in the subject line or the title of the episode, like zero to a thousand dollars. That's the sort of 
roadmap I can offer here. Um, I'm still figuring out. I will share the lessons once I learn them, but I'm still figuring out how to get to those, you know, £5,000 paintings, £50,000 paintings, £1 million fucking pound paintings. We will get there, don't worry. But uh, start at the start, so you have to get to the fucking first thousand pounds before we start worrying about the rest. So let's start there, and that's that's the the step I've managed to complete um, a few times over at this stage. Um, but so that's sort of the rough. Th- that's the knowledge that I'm sharing here. If you're lo- if you're if you're listening and you're fucking doing ten grand of sales a month already, uh, there may not be that much useful for you. Although you know you never know, there might be a couple of useful things, or you might just find some some inspiration or spark of, of thought out of something I say. But it's more for people who are more at the beginning stage um, within having made no money, I guess, or it's just an idea that they're thinking about starting up to, you know, you've made a few thousand, you're looking for ideas, and maybe how to continue or how to whatever. That's the sort of ballpark range of where I think my advice will be useful. Um, and obviously it is just one man's thoughts. It's just from my personal experience. So I'm... If, if, if you're doing something different to what I'm saying, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just like, I probably haven't thought of that. If you have some good ideas, please um, send them my way. I'm all ears. Because I definitely have not got this down to as fine an art as I will someday yet. But it's all learning. And here are the things that I've learned so far. Starting with, I guess, <laughs> the first thing is that I started with an unfair advantage. Um, and so I guess... Some people might hear that and say, and I'll explain what it is. Some people might hear about it and say, oh, well, that's bullshit. Like, I'm, that's not fair. You just, that you, it only worked for you because of that. And I will go on to refute that. But yeah, so my, I think the other angle to it is that figure out ways that you can give yourself an unfair start. Um, figure out how you can rig the deck in your favor to as much of an extent as you can. So for myself, um, my unfair start was going on tea with Gary V, CEO of my company, um, and rather famous business influencer um, and asking a question about selling art uh, and I built a website over the weekend ahead of going on I've told the story before um, and got my first couple of sales like a first few hundred pounds I guess of sales out of appearing on that show um, and so that was sick and that was obviously I got like I got like I think I got maybe over a thousand website visitors over the course of the first couple of days of it coming out. Um, and so that's obviously a huge, huge, strong start sending people to the website, sending people who bought to the website, like people who never have heard of me and never would have without that platform. Um, that's obviously, that was an unfair start for me. And so while you can sort of argue, oh, that's whatever. And I'll get on to how I've made other sales that are completely independent of that. But I think the the real takeaway from that is figure out how can you give yourself your own unfair start. So do you know someone who has an audience and you can you can leverage their audience? Do you know someone who, I don't know, people who, who might buy art and how can you sort of talk to them before you launch your business or your website or whatever it is. Think about those things. Figure out if, if there's any way you can. And if you can't, well, there's still lots of other opportunities and ways that you can you can get to that first sale and those first number of sales. So do not despair if you don't. But figure out, you know, really, really rack your brains. Think of friends, friends of friends, uh, people who you've heard of, contacts, you know, any anyone you can think of and how you can sort of... I guess, like I said, tee yourself up for the best possible start. 
Um, or, or indeed, if you're already started and you're just looking for um, how to grow, or if you started, we haven't made many sales, whatever it is, you know, still think about it. like who do you know? How can you ask for help? Ask for people to spread the word, whatever it is, um, or maybe do something like run a competition so that you can get people to share, and you're giving people a, a reason and incentive to share, whatever it is. Um, the I guess the the other thing that you need to do, which I sort of touched on there, is building a website. Um, and that's one of the early early stages, I think, personally. You can obviously do it through, like, Instagram DMs and bank transfers or whatever, but I think it's just, like, looks sleek and professional and it's it's the easiest interface through which a customer can can simply purchase and it's a behavior they know. It's There's a lot of trust associated with that at this stage and stuff. So I think, personally, as soon as you possibly can, you should be building a website. Um, I think that's probably another unfair advantage, quote-unquote. I think it's a perfectly fair advantage that I earned actually realistically because I have built many websites before for other various attempted businesses etc so I had gone through that process a couple of times and boy can I say first of all it's gone so much fucking easier I did it probably seven years ago for the first time and it was so clunky it was so fucking difficult to understand and figure out and you'd like google shit and it just was not intuitive, was hard to get things in the right positions, and there was all these, it was horrible. Um, but through all of that pain, I learned, and so that made it easier, but it's like you're starting from a, so much of an easier point than even five years ago it was, I think, with like how strong Shopify is, how well it integrates with things and stuff. Um, just as a random note, one of the hardest things I have struggled with a few times is if you set up, you can get once you've got your website and you've got your domain you can also set up an email address at that domain so like angus at com, for example being my uh email address and there's always something you have to do or you have to go into the place where you've bought the domain so like if it's godaddy or whatever wherever you're buying your domain from or like paying for that domain name you have to go in there because that's the web hosting i think whatever something like that and uh there's a thing called dns settings and you have to go in and tweak that that's a nightmare but you know half an hour to three hours of googling can get you through any of those problems it just takes a bit of effort and so yes building a website is the first step because i think that's like the obvious marketplace it's a place where you can direct posts from other social media it's a place that you can tell anyone who shows any interest about um say yo yeah check out my website if you want to see the art you know which I regularly do. Um, I also have huge amounts of paintings in the background of my any call I'm ever on for work or social call, which leads to lots of uh, the funny thing that social calls are a thing because of COVID. Um, but it always leads to questions of like, oh, that's well, not always, but like very regularly leads to questions about the background. Oh my God. And I say, that's my new lockdown hobby. And then throw in a reference to com if I can. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I think that's good marketing. So there's another fucking tip that I wasn't even thinking of giving you, but have your art on display for everyone to see. Be that across your house, be that, especially now that you're working from home and your Zoom backgrounds, I think that's a fucking great, easy one. Um, And and always be, also fucking wear paint-covered gloves so people ask for your painter. So that's just an easy way for someone to ask. And then another person who's made aware of your brand. And ultimately, the name of the game, I think, over the long run is brand awareness. So the more people you can make aware of the brand, 
it's it's it, it is each of those individual ones will add up over time so you need to be focused on those as well as the bigger broad strokes um efforts i think post on social media so i said i had the unfair start and i did but then a couple of days later i think i did an instagram live i fucking really need to get back on those I'll do one of them soon, I think, as part of my kicking off my back half of the year, maybe, going into beast mode. Um, anyway, uh, so I did this Instagram Live, was painting um, and chatting shit and smoking joints, I think. Um, classic banter. Um, and I, yeah, someone um, was commenting, was saying, oh, they were loving the art and ended up, making a sale through that Instagram live which was bigger than any other sales that I'd gotten through the tea with Gary V thing at the time I think it was like maybe 300 quid or close to it um and so that's a third of the way if you're thinking of the zero to a thousand pounds that's like a third of the way there already from one one sale and that was nothing to do with tea with Gary V this person had not seen the tea with Gary V thing wasn't aware of it just saw the live um, and made that purchase so that goes to show that while I did have that unfair advantage, even if you don't have that unfair advantage, if you just broadcast to the world that you are doing this thing now, or that you're an artist and you have this art on offer, then people will people will will show up. I think, and um, there's a good chance of it. Or if you, if not, I mean, the first time after a number of attempts, I think you know over the consistent effort, that's where you're going to see the results. Um. But yeah, so posting on social media, basically broadcasting to whoever will listen, the fact that you're doing this and you have this stuff on offer and you're an artist, whatever, because you never know who you're going to bump into who like works for an art gallery or knows someone who knows someone or whatever it is, you know, and I think I think from my pretty outside understanding of it, a lot of the art world is heavily influenced by know who you know, etc. So giving yourself every chance to, to meet those people and to have those people know that you're an artist and ask questions about it and whatever can all can only lead to good stuff, in my opinion. Even if it's a short-term bad thing, it's still a step in the right direction. Um, the next point is, is, as well as posting on social media broadcasting, I think, is to... There's two points to this, I think, is to post across all channels and to post consistently. So... This is something I've been trying to do um, and have been trying to hold myself accountable with the weekly report podcast and um, something that I have been focusing on. And I think something that I have relatively successfully been doing, even though I've gone through certain slumps and certain platforms where I'm post for all, whatever it is, um, showing up consistently, showing up across all channels is, is a huge factor. Um, I think the more consistently you show up, the more you're giving people opportunities to potentially buy or to potentially be in the mood to buy. You know, I think if you think about your own behavior when you're on Instagram, say, and you see an Instagram ad, for example, and how often you would not buy something, how often you'd ignore it. But when there might be that one time where you see something, you're like, oh, fuck it, you just got paid or something. You're like, I'm just going to buy this thing. It costs 20 quid, whatever it is. Um, I think you need to give people that opportunity with your product. So if your product is art, you know, constantly posting it means, yes, people might be seeing it all the time, but there might be one day where in this specific mood and they're going to buy it. And that could happen 
days, weeks, months or years after they first encountered your content. And it's about just continually showing up and giving them more and more of those opportunities, I think. Um, and providing value for the people who aren't buying because you that's the ultimate name of the game. Like you want to be providing as much value as you can for everyone who's a part of the audience. Because even if they're not going to buy now, then they might remember fucking loving the content and 10 years down the line, they've they've succeeded and then they might buy something. You know what I mean? So it's it's a very much a long-term game, I think, where consistency pays off. And the sort of accompanying story, I think, to the, I guess, that I think supports both these points, but both posting on all channels and posting consistently is, is just an example that's fresh in my mind of like, it's a couple of months ago, I think, at this stage. But... I wasn't really feeling it. I was like, what am I doing? And I was like, just like purely just for the sake of like checking the box. I was doing this post on Instagram or sorry, this post on LinkedIn and wasn't really what I, you know what I mean? I wasn't really bothered about it. I was like, meh, I'll just do this. And then like 30 minutes later, I got the cha-ching from Shopify, the noise of a notification of a sale. And someone who I know, it just came, I know it came through that LinkedIn post. Someone saw it, whatever and just like decided to click through the website decided to buy um and so i think that just shows that even if you're not necessarily feeling it, if you think what's the point of this post blah blah like any one individual post can be the one that that makes the sale so don't sleep on them don't let yourself make excuses try and be as consistent and post as much as you can because the more that you post the more opportunities more shots you're giving yourself at at hitting the target i guess the target being ching from Shopify on the phone. Um, next one is a bit of a different angle. The the I've been talking through a lot of sort of tactical ways to execute in terms of sort of social media or the internet, etc. And the, the actual mechanisms of getting the sales. But I think to take a step in a different direction, another point is around the actual art that you're creating. Something that I think I've done well, I guess, is in the first year is constantly experimenting, trying new things, testing new things. I think it's just like I get bored of different styles after a little while and decide need the novelty of trying something new. But that exploration, I think, has led to lots of different styles. And again, an example, like one thing that stands out is if you look at my Instagram, I'm sure you can find them. I've done a lot of circle paintings, which purely I was just sort of trying out new stuff, messing around on this canvas, didn't really know what direction it was going. And then I did one circle and I sort of liked it. And I did a few more and then I sort of like started building them up on top of each other. And then all of a sudden the whole painting, well, not all of a sudden, it took fucking ages and it always does. But after some time, that painting ended up with all these circles. And that was that someone someone just messaged me randomly or Facebook and this is another point of like posting on every channel I had <clears throat> after the first couple of months of posting I realized on Instagram I can just link my Facebook and automatically post anything that I post on Instagram to Facebook and lo and behold this post through Facebook I got a sale um for I think bigger than the other one from the Instagram so like 400 pounds maybe um and that was all through again, one post, someone seeing this post, um, liking the painting, hitting me up saying, you know, is it for sale, blah, blah, and, and going from there. Um, but the underlying point that I'm trying to make is around the styles. And so because I was constantly experimenting, I landed on this style, which was these circle styles. Um, and I've done a, I've had a couple of, 
I've had a couple of other. I'm trying to think. I think I've only sold. I've I had my another sale of two, including a bigger than any of the other ones I'd sold. Um, sale of other circle paintings as well, and so just by discovering this one style, that's probably accounted for a third of the sales I've done overall, sort of thing. Um, and so that's that's just a note to like, if you're at a certain level with a certain style of painting, I think, yes, obviously, if you if you if you think if you've been painting for ten years and you're at a certain level and and you you think this is your style, like fuck yeah, I'm bought in on this and I'm just gonna build a brand around this style, then yes, absolutely, I think you should. And if and if you have the conviction early on that you think this style is right, but I mean, I think if you're not selling any, you may want to question that conviction after a certain amount of time. Um, I think if you're early on, I think it makes sense to be, even if you have one style that you like, doing like three of that style and then one experimental, making sure that you're trying new stuff, trying new styles, again, as well as giving people opportunities in terms of showing them the content over and over again, giving them multiple opportunities to buy. Another way of giving them more opportunities to be, to want to buy is by giving them different styles to choose from because different people are obviously going to like different styles, blah, 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 blah. Um, and you might land on a style like those circle paintings, which I think could become like a signature style or, you know what I mean? Um, that you can then create a lot of different paintings around that style. Um, and so, yeah, I think always be trying new things, even if it's only a small percentage of, of your overall work that you're doing. Um, next thing, I don't know whether this is controversial, probably... I think you should accommodate if someone like comes to you and says, I've got X amount of money. I mean, listen, if they come to you with a ridiculous offer, if you've got a big, big canvas painting and they say, oh, I can only give you like 10% of what you're asking for it, then I don't think you should accept that. But if someone comes to you and says, oh, I can give you like 75% of what you're asking for, or 80% of what you're asking for, to me, I think, I think some people think you should stick to the prices at all costs. I think you should fucking give people discounts if they ask. Um, <laughs> and I think if someone comes in with a price like that uh, it, it, if you think it's unfair and you want to meet them in the middle you can obviously negotiate and offer them stuff like that um, but I think I personally lean more towards fucking making the sale and making slightly less um, than than saying no um, but obviously within reason very much within reason so you need to know your worth know your value but also know when someone might walk away if you don't give them that discount. Also, I think it can be a great way to, to price the art and then to offer people a discount versus the price on the site. Um, if there's any sort of hesitancy or they're not sure, you know, whatever, make it sweeten the deal for them a bit. I think that can be a, a, a thing where certain people might not be as flexible. And I think, I think it makes sense to be flexible again, within reason, don't like bend over backwards and like not value yourself, but leave some room for wiggle room. I think uh, wiggling is key in the art of sales. <laughs> um, also accommodate commission requests. So like m the paintings that I've been doing are largely abstract. Um, but I've had a few commission requests where it's been like something sort of specific. Um, I think I've done them pretty well, to be honest. I'm pretty pleased with them. Um, and it's made me try new things, which is cool. But yeah, I think, uh, and listen, I think this is in the zero to $1,000 thing. If you're getting to like $100,000 a year, Mark, you're probably only doing stuff that's very much within your realm of what you want to do, whatever. But I think, again, if you're in the early stages, I think 
if someone's offering to pay you money to do something, I don't think you should be like, mm, no, it's not exactly the style that I want to do or it's not what I normally paint. I think accept the challenge, try your best, um, don't fuck it up <laughs> and get fucking paid and then move on with the experience under your belt. So I think accommodating price requests, accommodating commission requests within reason, obviously, again, um, is, a, is a good one. Next one is pricing. And I think... I had the advantage of having, I guess through this podcast largely, like having conversations with a number of people who were further ahead than me in terms of selling art. And one of the things a lot of them said was, don't undervalue your work, don't undersell it. I think one of the things people early on do is just don't value their work enough and set the bar too low in terms of their pricing. Um, And I've made a few decent sized sales um and the biggest one was a sale of a couple of pieces in one and i was like i was like consulted people a bunch of different people got their opinions because i wasn't sure what to price versus what i mean on the website it was priced at a lot uh, very high and i one one of the sizes was bigger than anything on the website so and my plan with those had been to price them even significantly higher because they were quite a bit bigger and like shipping costs etc so I was fucking didn't know what to do. Was fucking humming and hawing and like felt and I think probably this is true of a lot of people. I pushed myself where I probably asked for more than I would have without asking other people's advice. Cause I'd asked for that advice, I was sort of fine. I'll stand firm and I'll I'll ask for for this price. Um and there was a bit of back and forth, but I ended up selling at a price that I was very pleased with and like I was having self-doubting questioning of like shit have I like overcharged this person is this like it was like almost part of me felt bad about it and I was like which I know is so stupid and I but I think it's I'm sharing it here because I think it's probably something a lot of people struggle with is like not fully valuing themselves or the the art they're creating um and so I felt bad about this then fast forward a bunch of time I through some of that money I bought a very expensive ring um as like a, a celebration of the uh the sale um and it it's a very expensive for for it's a pinky ring and so for a pinky ring it was quite expensive especially i mean versus what i would normally i've only ever bought like shitty jewelry that costs like 10 pounds and shit so <clears throat> i spent a couple hundred pounds on this ring and um I'm fucking obsessed with the ring. I love it. It's got a fucking 24 karat gold skull on it. I think it's made of silver. It's fucking sexy. And I realized that I think part of how much I love it is because of how much I paid for it. And so when you pay that much more for something, it kind of because there's a level of sacrifice and you've earned that money, that money equals your time, basically. That's then when you're putting that and investing it into a thing. Your brain kind of naturally wants to love it because it's like, oh, well, I've I've invested in this, so it's like this clearly means something to me, sort of. And so I feel like I learned a lesson about never feeling bad about charging like what it's worth and charging a fair, solid, good price for your art because I mean versus like other artists in the market I think it's I'm still selling at a bargain um 
for probably there's people selling very similar stuff for like fucking way more. But obviously those people have built the brand. I think they're way ahead of me. I don't think I necessarily deserve it yet. That could be a limiting belief and it probably is. Um, but still, um, I think the, the big call out there is don't underdo it and realize that when someone, you might get less sales if you're at a higher price, but like you'll get more engaged sales and the people who buy when they pay a bit more they're going to love that item more and they're going to be more likely to tell their friends about it to like whatever it is. Um, so don't realize that in a way by having high pricing and remaining relatively firm on that pricing, you are actually giving people an opportunity to have an extra level of love for that product when they do eventually buy it. So bear that one in mind. It's a lesson I thought was, was powerful and one that I'm still internalizing, I think over time. Um, next one is like a small tip is expect, like if you go six or eight weeks without a sale it kind of can very easily feel like fuck's sake like this is it now i just i especially if you're prone to a bit of the imposter syndrome like i've been discussing and like i clearly am at times um you know it, it can feel like shit this is it like am i ever gonna get a sale again and then, sure, in my in my experience, sure enough, they always seem to, as you may be hitting a point, they something shows up and you make another sale. Um, as long as you're doing the work and giving yourself opportunities like we've talked about. Um, it eventually, it just does pay off eventually. Um, but I think it can be, it can feel very disheartening when you're at the eighth week of an eight-week streak of not making a sale or tenth week, whatever it is. And so I think the piece of advice I'm trying to give is don't be disheartened. Expect that. Hear this now if you are sort of setting out on one of these journeys. Expect the rougher times. Expect the points where sales aren't as good. For example, if you do a big launch, um, you're obviously going to generate a lot of buzz, generate a lot of website visitors, and you're ultimately going to be reaching roughly the same audience then for the next few months. And for the next few weeks, at least, it's going to not be as interesting. So you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that launched. I know about it now. I don't need to check in. But you still need to be constantly there posting so that in three months' time when they're like, oh, that's, I, haven't, I haven't checked this out in a while, maybe this is interesting again. You need to be prepared for those sort of lulls, especially in the early stages when there's just less people aware of you, less overall customers, etc., etc. Um, there's naturally going to be times where you're not making sales, which can feel disheartening. But my personal experience is that if you persevere, you're always going to get through them and you're going to find more sales on the other side of it. And it's going to be fucking great. And that leads me to my last piece of piece. Whoa! That leads me to my last piece of advice, which is this: it's keep going. I'm strongly considering getting "keep going" tattooed on my forearm, facing myself, because I think it's just a good, uh, good words to live by. Um, and it's what I think you should do if you're if you're if you've just started, if you've been going for a while, if you're in one of those fucking eight, ten, fifteen week phases of no sales, keep going the only way you can ultimately fail is if you stop trying if you keep trying you're still fucking winning um god loves a trier because triers are winners <clears throat> that's about it for my advice my throat's starting to get sore from talking <laughs> and to be honest time we at? yeah i think that's where we're gonna leave it i'm gonna get my guitar for the outro but you've got to hear this. <laughs> it's the outro. This has been the creative... Oh, that was shit. Come on, Angus. You're better than this. <clears throat> Let's try again. 
This has been the Creative Marketing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Dengus Boyle. Uh, until then, don't forget to check out artbangus.com and fucking look at some of the pretty paintings and read some of their descriptions. Leave the podcast a review. Make sure you're subscribed if that's something where you're listening allows. Following whatever the fucking lingo on the player is. Um, and tell someone about the podcast. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Help us grow. Continue to be a fucking well-rounded, smart, funny, clever, beautiful individual. And I'll see you again very soon. Cheers.